Welcome to Cottonmouth Manchester, a podcast brought to you by Cityco, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford. I'm Vaughan Allen from Cityco, and I'm with Andrew Brooks, photographer, urban explorer, documenter of Manchester and other places. Uh, if you've been into any boardroom in the city in the last three years, you'll see one of Andrew's works, I think, pretty well. I see them pretty well everywhere. Um, though first encountered in about 2008 in an exhibition at yep. Urbis, where we were running Urbis, I think. Yeah, they had a Manchester show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, tell us a bit about your background and what attracted you to, to photography. Um, I've always been interested in the visual arts, um, and I come from Essex originally. I studied kind of general arts down there, but then in this second year I really got interested in photography um, I found it was the way I really want clicked with me for kind of communicating um, and that led to me coming up to Stockport which brought me to this end of the country and to it's Manchester. not naturally something people would associate N- photography in Stockport? N- no well at that point this was in um, 1995 um, there was a focused documentary photography course there um, which was exactly the kind of photography I was doing quite sort of black and white, street photography, that kind of work. Um, it was in the days before digital, so it was all darkroom processing. And um, it's a really great course, and it brought me up to Manchester. And that I've stayed around since, 20-odd years, so I've kind of been around a while now. Is that course still around? Or is it? Um, it, they still do a photography course, and it does still have a documentary focus on it. I don't think it's called that, but it still has that as a focus. And then in terms of sort of making it a career? Has it always been your career or has it been filled in with other things? Um, I've always, since leaving, I've been a full-time in photography. I, I left, it was, only, it was a two-year course, so by the time I left that, I was only 20 and I felt quite young and I thought I don't want to be competing against um, sort of 30-year-old photographers. So I thought I almost need to serve an apprentice. And in Ardwick, Ardwick there's um, quite a few photographic studios. There's probably about four, three or four, there was at that time, sort of 97, 98, um, big photography studios. There's a couple, maybe, maybe more at the moment, um, but I went in there sort of sweeping the floor, um, work experience, and then worked my way up to photographer there. Um, and then about sort of 12 years ago, I went freelance and I've been supporting myself and making it up as I go along ever since. <laughs> I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> and then has, has that always been doing the cityscapes and the documentary and the landscapes? So have you been doing pro- product photography and other types of um, photography? To start, to start with, I still did. Did you do anything at the beginning? To start with, yeah, I did a lot of work within the studio still, but as a freelancer. Um, but I was always keen to slowly push towards a more creative end of photography. So I did, I think Salford Uni was one of my first big clients that kind of got in touch for the kind of photography I can do, this kind of composite images, these big wide pictures that really capture an entire place. So that was a really good first client and that kind of got the ball rolling. And now all my work is sort of creative photography for lots of different clients and then self-initiated projects. So I do a lot of landscape work off my own back. Um, And I'm always looking for buildings to get inside buildings on the roofs, um, tunnels under Manchester, just keeping my ears open because you never know there's really fascinating places in this city and nearby to explore. So I'm always putting feelers out. Um, So if anyone is listening to this that knows any, please get in touch. (laughs) Did that, so um, there's always been that interest in the landscape and the cityscapes and so on from, from the earliest time. So photography was a sort of way of tried to document that and and transmit what you were seeing yeah I've always been interested in capturing the city that was a big focus of my early work when I was at college um I've always strayed away away from sort of people photography but that's changed now I do a lot of people photography um but I think I love to bounce between the city and the countryside I think it kind of keeps me energized in both you um spend a long I've just 
done a three month project um, for Bruntwoods, very city focused. Um, I'm really enjoying now getting out to the countryside and starting to think of what I can photograph out there. So I think having the two as my main sort of um, creative locations that I go to um, is great. It kind of keeps me energised. Manchester's brilliant. You've got a great sized city for old buildings, new buildings, but then also you've got so much um, fantastic countryside within easy reach. You can get to Snowdonia and about two hours, you can get to the Peak District, Lake District, um, Yorkshire Dales isn't too far. So as a landscape photographer, it's really well positioned to get up early and catch the sunrise in all these beautiful places. Yeah, we don't make enough of being actually the heart of the countryside as well as all the, all mm. the city stuff that we do. Um, I mean, have you always been, I mean, you talked when you were in Stockport that that was actually going into uh, the traditional darkroom and processing, yeah. but, but your work, I guess, is known for digital manipulation and enhancement and playing around with things as yeah. well. So, I mean, how has that interest uh, grown and expanded and where did that come from? That started from, the, when I mentioned earlier that I did a few, I did about six years working in a studio and they invested really early in good computers, good digital cameras. Um, so I kind of saw that as an opportunity and in the studio I was using the, I was trying to learn the kind of keyboard shortcuts and use Photoshop in an intuitive way. Um, and then, Eventually, I started thinking I can take these ideas and use sort of digital cameras outside, away from here, and do landscape photography, these same kind of um, creative ideas. And, yeah, that's how this kind of hybrid of um, digital photography that I do evolved. So a lot of the pictures you see on, in my exhibitions and websites are built out of 50 or 60 separate photographs. Um, so that allows me to play with the exposure, create very wide images, um, really sort of images that almost look like paintings. Um, and that's slowly evolved and changed over the years and my sort of what I've been trying to achieve through that. Some, at the start, they were really kind of hyper real and look like kind of um, maybe a, I look at them now and they're a bit too intense and a bit too kind of worked on. But now I think I've got a kind of more calmer kind of eye. I think over the years that's slowly changed. Um, I don't know why, but it just does. I think maybe, you, maybe it's just getting older. Yeah, I, mean, I think being so. calmer. At that yeah. Point. yeah. Um, Talk about um, some of the photographers who have influenced you as, you, as, you pro as you've progressed. Um, I find, I was, I was doing a talk last night actually and I was asked about influences and I tend to try and avoid photographers too much. I tend to look at painters, I tend to sort of books, films, really feed into my, city, my cityscape work. So films like Blade Runner and sort of Spielberg movies, things like that that I grew up with. I have, you know, you have like vivid memories of them. It's really interesting trying to capture those kind of scenes in your images so often I'll step out onto a rooftop and it'll suddenly look like sort of Tim Burton's Batman movie or something like that and I'm like how can I work this in how can I bring those colours in and make that more obvious this kind of interesting connection to a film so I think films and paintings I love um, I spend a lot of time in sort of city galleries looking at um, sort of Victorian paintings um, sort of romantic era Turner Constable um, and that's so I think this I try and I think it's really good to pick influences that aren't necessarily in the the art form you're in and that keeps it fresh and you don't follow the crowd you kind of find your own route through and hopefully um hopefully come up with something different to what everyone else is doing it'd be really interesting to think what Turner would be doing with photoshop yeah, these yeah. days yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, could, you could actually imagine him enjoying buried away on the computer yeah. um, as has the technology sort of kept up with what you can see in your mind and what you actually want to do in your mind? I think the, it? it's kind of different. The technology almost 
pushes you because there's things I, w I sort of figured out for myself using Photoshop about 15 years ago that now that used to take me hours to do that now an iPhone can do in a couple of clicks and you just watch it do it in front of you. So I think it kind of, uh, it taught me that I couldn't just rely on clever tricks. I had to kind of come up with other things to make the images interesting. So that might be the location, the composition, um, the kind of atmosphere of the image. So more than just the digital side of it, that was the kind of starting point. But I think because the techniques I was kind of using in the early days are now so accessible, it kind of pushes me to dig a bit deeper in the images and use locations and um, different ideas to kind of push the work forward, Project exhibitions where I kind of pick a theme and use that to explore, use photography to explore these different themes. I guess it must be really frustrating if you spent hours, days working on something and then two years later that is so easy to do at the press of one button and you, you just it, <laughs> it is, but then sometimes I use those techniques as well and like there's, there's certain things that um, would have taken me time which I can kind of fly through now so it means I can get more done or I can kind of concentrate on the on different bits so I try and use it but but I do I do like kind of doing it quite manually I mean all, all on the computer but quite in a way that I can control I don't like clicking auto too much where the computer thinks for you I think it's it's good to be able to do it yourself and do it yourself a lot especially I mean using a camera as well relying on auto it's good if you know how to use manual and you can kind of visualize what the camera's doing and you know don't let computers or cameras think for you that's when you start getting creative control and you can start kind of pulling things around and breaking the rules a little bit were you interested in the, the sort of the urban exploring and the hidden spaces before you got into photography or has it always been a sort of parallel thing i guess i remember as a as a kid i grew up in a little village in essex we used to kind of explore the woods and occasionally you'd get like a an old mill in the wood or something like that or I remember there was a motel that was half built that we all we kind of dodged over the fence and had a little look around so but I think a lot of kids and teenagers are into that kind of thing and um but I, I think it, there is something fascinating about ruins and what's left behind the bits of the city that are kind of ignored um and you can tell the story of a city by what's left behind um the buildings um like you, you walk around Manchester and it's it's built on found these kind of Victorian industrial um, revolution era foundations and like you go to the edge of the river you can see how it's been lifted five or six meters on these arches and this whole city is basically built on top of years and you can just see it and once you start looking you can see these you know it's almost like sort of Roman ruins in Rome you see these um, beautiful arches and and things so I think the great thing about photography it's all about looking and once you tune into an aspect of the city um, you just see it all over the place and you kind of read the city differently like there's bits down by the Irwell where I know there's a slight bump in the road and that's a canal tunnel going under the road um, that kind of ran under Granada Studios so once you know a little bit you start reading the city in a really different way. Yeah it's interesting um, going to a gym up, up in uh, on Red Bank yeah, yeah. Um, and the book that came out last year or a couple of years ago that was about Red Bank and Angel Meadow and the history of oh, Angel okay. Meadow. Um, and it's fascinating walking walking around there and seeing those railway arches and then seeing as they drop away down to the river. Yeah. Actually, that was where housing was right. only 130, 140 years ago. Yeah. And they still have a major flooding problem. And that was like, well, that's because basically uh, 
the river used to go up that high and flooding all the buildings and yeah. you know, it's, a, yeah, it's sort of fascinating once you actually read the history of some of those spaces and yeah. you realise they've just been built on top and built on top yeah. but there are still ways through to, that to whole, some of those spaces that whole valley is it the Irk Valley yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. I've done a few walks down there and that's absolutely amazing there's so many strange bits of industry left over I think there's even a submarine poked in the ground have you seen that? Wouldn't, no I haven't seen that but it wouldn't surprise <laughs> it's like me to, there's all. a paint company and they've, they've built a kind of half a submarine that's angled in the ground. It's one of the odd bits of Manchester. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the problems that sometimes we have and the council have when we're doing things actually in, in some of the streets of the city is that nobody's documented a lot yeah. of this stuff and particularly some of the older things. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a, a few years back, there was a, a water leak at one particular point in the city and, and uh, United Utilities effectively had to go around turning off the water supply to about half the city until they found out how the pipe ran because right. they just had no record of how that pipe yeah. ran and whenever when the trees were going in on King, King Street the trees on King Street were costing thousands of pounds and everyone was going well a tree doesn't cost thousands of pounds and it was just because every time they opened the floor they just found right. new sewers and new like whatever it was that had been installed for, for many 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 years yeah. I think so. yeah it just evolves slowly doesn't it um, when, when you look at something when you're looking at a view or, or, you've, or you've got in somewhere do you already have that idea of what the final piece is going to look like and how does that interaction work with what you then do on the computer um often i'll kind of walk into a space and spend a couple of minutes just kind of walking around it looking at the light the position of the light is always really important i like to try and have things backlit i like to use available light where i can so i don't like to bring in flash or anything like that even if it's really kind of dim i like to kind of use strip lights or a slight bit of light coming through a window. Um, so often I'll kind of walk around and kind of see how it looks from different points of view and that's usually looking at the light and how it clips objects and how 3D it looks. If you've got a window behind you, everything can look really flat. Like when you've got a flash on your camera, everything looks very bleached and flat. Whereas if you get the window right there away from you, the other side of the building, suddenly everything looks very 3D and has a beautiful depth to it. So it's, um, so I'm often kind of walking around and trying to um, kind of just see what the light's doing. And then I start thinking about the composition. Um, sometimes I research buildings in advance and I kind of think, okay, that's probably a good view. I want to get there quick and get that bit covered. Um, but often it's going and sort of responding. Um, and sometimes it's very tricky. You might see a, a really interesting, like a spiral staircase and it's really tight. So it's like creatively thinking, how can I still photograph this? How can I fight, photograph something that's almost impossible to kind of capture? So, um, and it's sometimes doing those, you learn the most by photographing the most impossible things, trying to figure out how to capture it. And then do you get addicted to spiral staircases and, and, and go and search out them out in other few, places? Yeah, I've got some, a good one in Edinburgh and then a great one in the town hall at the clock tower oh, town yeah, hall yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where all the bricks look I think are still stained black inside yeah, yeah. from because obviously they'll have cleaned the outside but I think the inside is still kind of yeah. soot stained so it's very black and quite sinister in there yeah it's that, I've seen some of those images they're, they're very very sinister yeah. it's a very goth city in your, yeah, it is. In your view there at that yeah. point which it may well be um, viewing things through like the camera lens and then the computer I mean is that, do you think that's changed your your view of a city um, I think it does I mean I think it changes my view of the city and also I hope through my photography it changes other people's as well. It, um, I remember I, I studied in Stockport and then had a bit of a kind of um, crisis of confidence when I left that course. I maybe had three years when to start with I had my camera on me all the time and then I started thinking I've seen Manchester, I've photographed it and didn't take it out all the time. And then after a while I was working in a photo studio but I didn't think of myself as a creative photographer. Um, 
And then I just thought, that's totally wrong. It's all about what you put into a city. It's what the, the, the people you get in touch with, how to, the rooftops, the buildings you get access to, and then also how you see it as well. Um, it's so easy to walk through Manchester and not look up, not see the amazing tall parts of the building to just kind of be getting across town as quick as possible. But there's so much beauty there. Sometimes you'll get the sunlight going down, directly down a road, you'll get a beautiful sunset. So I, I think I, it took me a while to kind of tune into that. Um, and now I guess that's the way I see the world and the way I see Manchester is it's kind of almost like playground for creating kind of images that capture the height and city. Um, and I hope I can share that with other people and you've got social media, people, I see other people's pictures. So I think there's a lot of photographers, a lot of creative people that are trying to kind of capture what's great about Manchester and what they love about it. Um, and together, hopefully that's kind of giving people a different way of looking at the place. Do you find with it, I mean, I think it's fair to say that quite a lot of your images um, are quite futuristic and yeah. you, you used the word hyper-real earlier. Yeah. Do you feel almost over the decade and more that you've been... Um, taking photos of, of Manchester that the city's almost um, coming to match your earliest photos. <laughs> I mean, the skyline's changing so much. There's, there's pictures I took from rooftops in 2011 and I've been up that rooftop since and you can't, there's whole views blocked out and these two new towers are going up down by the Beefham Tower. That's really changing the shape of the skyline. I remember, like, from a photograph, photographer's point of view, um, the Beefham Tower was a godsend because it, it made the city really beautifully composed. It was like a bookend as a city. You've got Piccadilly, um, City Tower, all that kind of bunch of high rises. And before the Beefing Tower was there, it kind of sloped off in that yeah. direction. But then suddenly there was that. So you've got views from both sides of the city, from Salford and from kind of Upper Brook Street and the universities. And suddenly it's like this lovely, suddenly the composition of the city works really nicely. Um, but now, it's just gone crazy. There's going to be multiples. Yeah, they're, they're shooting up everywhere and you've got, you know, kind of the area near the kind of co-op area of the city that's growing and just everywhere you look, there's new towers going up. So I think I need to focus on getting onto the rooftops again and kind of refreshing those images because now they're, they're kind of out of date. So I need, I need new ones. I suppose it's also finding, I mean, the Beetham Tower is actually quite an interesting building as well in, in how it looks yeah, yeah. and how it's designed, whereas um, I guess some of the more anonymous flat blocks that are going up are, are yeah. less interesting. Yeah, but I do like that. When the you put them Tower. into a cityscape. Oh. Yeah, I think it's all, not, like, getting the right time of day is what cityscapes are all about. Dusk is good, or even a cloudy night um, where you've got a lot of movement in the sky. Um, so I think... Yeah, it's just waiting for the lights to come on and suddenly the whole city kind of glows and it, it can look really, really beautiful. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to kind of refreshing my cityscapes. Now it's all changed a bit. And how do you, how do you find your, your sort of work and your work practice evolving? Um, I do, I'm a full-time photographer, just to let you know a little bit about how it operates. So um, I'm, I also, I'm not also an artist, so I do self-initiated projects, I, um, but I do commercial work, um, but I, it's very creative commercial work. I do work for Manchester Art Gallery, or, um, Manchester University and Salford, and I've worked for the BBC Philharmonic, um, and that's really nice projects. A lot of it kind of landscape-based, building-based, um, and that sort of allows me to um, survive um, and also create interesting photographs, but also um, then use the time I've spent working on those projects to buy myself time to kind of work on my own self-initiated projects and produce new work, 
get stuff printed, framed. Um, so the commercial work supports me as a kind of pra my artist, my artistic practice as well, um, and keeps me doing that. And I think the artistic practice keeps my commercial work fresh as well. So it kind of one feeds into you know, the other, and I like how it all sort of clips together. Um, yeah. And you're able to make a living from it. Yeah, I have been. <laughs> I <am laughs> no doing. sign of it slowing down. From yeah. The work that's, yeah. That's going on. Well, a freelance life is. There's uncertainty in freelance life. You, you'll have a, a great year. You'll have a quiet year. Um, my wife's also an artist and works as a freelancer as well. So um, having two kind of uncertain. You, you hope you don't both have fallow years at the same no, time. No, but together we, you know, we we get through and um, we've got a little kid and we're able to kind of do that. And there is being a freelancer also gives you flexibility. So um, can kind of finish early. Do you know, kind of be there. For, for a little boy sort of picking him up um, so there's good things about it but I think the uncertainty's tricky but um, but it seems to be going okay at the moment I'm, you know new clients are coming along and new commissions so it all feels like it's got momentum which is great I mean you're very associated with Manchester obviously maybe we just think that because we're in Manchester and we've seen you work for so long presumably you're working in other cities as well yeah I've done commissions in um, up in Aberdeen and Edinburgh um, I've done work in the Netherlands um, it is very Manchester focused although I've I've got a commission coming up, a kind of year-long year project quite soon, which is going to be a, across England, some in London, um, and that's, that's quite interesting. That will hopefully be a way of me getting to know people um, from different cities, and I think that's how you get new work. You don't, I've never ever got any work by kind of cold calling. You get work by people seeing you doing something, and they just think, okay, you can do that same thing for me. Um, so I, I'm hoping like by having jobs in lots of different places, it will kind of get other people wanting to contact me but Manchester I was cycling in um, uh, uh, you know to come and do this interview and it's just a perfect size I think it's big enough to support a lot of creative people a lot of agencies it's big enough to know the city centre pretty well it's big enough to know the outlying bits like fairly well once you've been here a few years um, and you know I think it's a good sized city to support a creative person a kind of photographer or an artist musicians it's just sort of but it's still small enough that word of mouth actually matters yeah I think can so help you. Yeah. yeah I think most people like um, kind of know or know of each other or, or you know sometimes it's just on social media you might know people on there and have a little bit of a few comments on there but then a lot of the time you have met people and that's really good um, and I think you don't get swamped it's I've, I've always been reluctant um, I've not done a huge amount in London. I've not really pushed myself that way because it just feels like you'd be a, like swamped by everyone trying to make it. And whereas Manchester, I don't know, everyone, it just, maybe it's a bit more relaxed or maybe it's a bit more everyone kind of, no one really pushing as hard as maybe they would in London. I don't know. <laughs> do you, I mean, do you find that there is still a strong artistic and photographic community in Manchester? Yeah. Do you, talk and communicate with each other yeah i do i had a really interesting night evening last night um as, as i mentioned earlier i studied at stockport college and we had a alumni event um over um is it noma or the area yeah over the kind of noma part of the city um and i did a little sort of seven minute talk about my um how i developed in that time and got to speak to loads of different photographers and see the new generation of designers and photographers in the city and people that have been to stockport before me um so yeah it's really there's a lot going on and i think when you're 
I guess when you've been doing it for like 15, 20 years, people know you're there for good and that's your thing, your life, you're there, your life. You're not a dilettante. Yeah, so you kind of then, you hear the names of other photographers that have obviously been there for a similar amount of time um, and you just get chatting to them and kind of try and support each other and um, kind of, you know, help each other out where you can. And um, so, yeah, I think you do, I think you kind of, slowly spot the people that are there for good and they kind of rise out of everyone else and you're like oh and then you get to know them so it's really good and I mean you talked about the Brantwood project um, talk about a bit about what the projects you've been working on on the, on the projects over the, sort of the next year or so yeah I did a I did a three month project for Brantwood that I finished um, about, about a month ago um, that was a video project um, and that's currently showing in Manchester in, it's in their Neo building which is on um, Charlotte Street close to Chinatown um, and it's a video piece in their reception it's open on work days during the working hours eight till six um, and that's a video piece of what that building can see of the city so every bit of footage you see is views from that building the rooftop the mezzanine different floors and it's an over the course of a day um, and that was a real challenge it's they've got a great screen set up there this very kind of high resolution screen um, but it's quite a unusual shape so I used it to have almost the entire day showing at once in time-lapse footage. So slowly it builds full of like morning to daytime. It's quite hard to explain, um, but it's, um, yeah, it's there to see. So if anyone finds himself in the sort of Chinatown How area. How long is that running for? That's till the end of the month or maybe, it's the 26th of May rings a bell. Um, I think it might be then. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, and I'm really proud of it. And it's, um, it's good if you're going down, it's quite good to, um, I because we haven't got music playing there, it's quite good to take some music on your headphones because you can really get lost in it then. It can be like, you can forget about the world around you and just get swept along with this kind of time-lapse footage of the city and it's quite a it kind of, I think it makes it a lot better to have music in, through headphones going with it. Especially in Manchester. Yeah, Very definitely. important. And then what's, what's up next? Um, I think focusing back on nature as well, I've got a couple of kind of possible exhibition opportunities. So um, I think it's pursuing this kind of a slightly different approach to um slightly that this slightly calmer approach to my landscape photography kind of working on that and figuring out how i can exhibit that and the best way of talking about it and showing it um and then yeah there's a, a kind of year-long project all across england for a client that's kind of about to start which i'm very excited about um and yeah just keeping busy um <laughs> Yeah, just and, is, and is there? I mean, you you were you were saying earlier if there anybody knew of anywhere that was interesting to look at, you'd be you'd be interested in talking to them. Is there anywhere in Manchester that you really want to yeah, get into and have? There's one place, and if anyone knows how to get into this, it's the Guardian Tunnel, which um, runs from. I know there's a bit there's a there was a way out of it in Ardwick Way, not far from the Apollo, or quite close to Mancunian Way. There, um, there's one in Chinatown, the main bit, just behind just yeah in Chinatown there's another out near Chapel Street um, and I've always wanted to explore there but it's still it was built in the I think in the 50s as a way of a kind of communications um, so the government could keep in touch with the, re the regions if it's kind of Cold War era stuff um, but now I think it's used um, for sort of fibre optics and running the city I know there was I think there was a fire down there maybe about 10 years ago and they cut off a lot of the internet of the city so they're very careful about letting people down there but that's the one that I've always really wanted to explore um, and have a look around I don't I've, people say that have been down there say there's not a huge amount to see it's kind of concrete corridors but it's always I'd just love to walk the length of it one end to the other and know you're 
under the city. I think it'd be a fascinating one. Amazing. So we'll see if anyone knows how to get down there. Um, and then finally, how do people find out more about you and your work? Um, I have a website, um, my artistic work, landscapes, cityscapes, and also imagined landscapes um, are on um, andrewbrooksartist.com. Um, I also have a commercial photographer website, which is Andrew Brooks Photography, which brings together the kind of commercial commissions I work on. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those, you'll find me on Andrew P. Brooks. Um, you find me on there. And just if you're on Facebook, just look up Andrew Brooks Photography and you'll be able to follow my work on there. I kind of post different things. I tend to each one. I tend to, I really enjoy using Instagram as a kind of almost like a visual diary and a way of developing ideas. So um, every day I'm putting stuff there. I, I got home quite late last night and I was photographing daffodils in the streetlights on the way home and stuff like that. So often it's, it's stuff that will never be in an exhibition, but it's kind it's of, sort of like a notebook. Really. Yeah, like a notebook and quite kind of just images that sit alone, little kind of ideas. Um, but it, it helps me develop um, my photography and I think also it's sort of take uh, because of the main Im the big images I create for exhibitions are take can take an hour to shoot and maybe two or three days to build it's so nice to be back to spontaneous photography of a smartphone like just a couple of clicks and a little bit of processing um, it takes me back to when I first started shooting film when I first picked up a camera um, back in Essex and um, the fact that you just you didn't you only had a tiny bit of control it was about the composition the moment the kind of energy of that moment you didn't have all these safety nets to fall back on that you do with digital so it's kind of taught me um just to rely on the image and the moment um which i think maybe is why my other photography has kind of calmed down a little bit because of how i've how instagram shown me to capture kind of capture images i think i've learned from that process that's sort of fed into my kind of other work as well cool uh, thank you to Andrew for joining us. It's a pleasure. If you have any comments or ideas for things to cover in the future, talk to us on Twitter at CottonmouthMCR or through email on podcast at cityco.com. Cottonmouth Manchester is available on all good podcast services and a few rubbish ones. Please leave us a review if you like what you hear. Bye.